8. It says this. It says the Philistines stood on the mountain on one side and Israel stood on the mountain on the other side with a valley in between them. Get that? So basically the, the, the Philistines came to pick war. Uh, with the Israelites, and so they camped out on a, on a mountain, and Israelite responded. They camped on the other side of the mountain, and it says that in the middle of that, with that valley between them, it says, and a champion went out from the camp of the Philistines named Goliath. We all know about him. Skip down to verse 8. It says, Then he stood and cried out to the armies of Israel and said to them, Why have you come out to line up for battle? It says, Am I not a Philistine and you not the servants of Saul? It says, Choose a man for yourselves and let him come down to me. And verse 9 says, If he is able to fight with me and kill me, then we will be your servants. But if I prevail against him and kill him, then you shall be our servants and serve us. Let me pause right there. Understand the magnitude of that moment of what he was offering. He was saying, Look, basically, if I kill your guy, then the whole nation of Israel will now be our slaves. It wasn't like he was saying, hey, meet me by the flagpole and let's just duke it out one time. There was great consequence, great significance in this moment. And so what happened was, is basically uh, no different what the church is doing now with the world. The, the, the world comes and they present this threat to us and we just go, ah, and we think that we got to live by their standard. Wrong. You, you, you know, so basically they let one guy come out and everybody listen. In fact, let me just kind of throw this out at you. If you don't think one person can make a difference, especially you guys that are older than, than my generation, remember how many people it took to get prayer out of our schools. So let's stop for a minute and think if, they, if one person can make that much a difference in the kingdom of darkness, how much can someone make in the kingdom of light that has the spirit of God inside of them? Just a thought, Okay. All right, so it goes on and it says this. It says, uh, verse 10, And the Philistines said, and this part I really want you to get, it says, I defy the armies of Israel this day. He's just talking trash. He says, Give me a man that we may fight together. In verse 11, watch this. It says, When Saul, get that, when the king, when Saul, the leader, and all Israel heard these words of the Philistine, they were dismayed and greatly afraid. Shows you the power of leadership, number one. When Saul and all of Israel heard, because he was afraid, they were afraid. When Saul and all of Israel heard these words of the Philistine, they were dismayed and greatly afraid. They were shaken in their boots. Now watch this. Here's what's crazy. This chain of event did not, events did not happen one time. The Bible tells us that it happened Twice a day for 40 days, every morning and every evening, that ugly guy, Goliath, would come out. He would give the same speech, talk trash, and the whole nation would tremble. So watch this. Twice a day, 40 times a day. So this event happened 80 times by the moment that we're catching up with this story. So what happens is, is here's on the 80th time, uh, little David comes rolling in with his bread and his cheese in hand, right? And he's just bebopping in, and he begins to see this guy, and he begins to hear what he's saying. He begins to hear this vile speech, and the best word I can give him, by this bully, right? This is trying to bully a nation. And, and what does he do? He rolls up. Everybody else is shaking in their boots, and he goes, I'll fight him. Now, what? A little side note, whatever. Maybe it's giving me trouble, but it's a little side note. He says, hey, what's the fella get that fights him? You get the king's daughter. <laughs> Sign me up, <laughs> right? Right? You, you know, li- listen, e- every man is wired by God to, to want to fight for a lady. Every man. Amen? Every- men, you better say amen. 
Amen. Amen. That's why when somebody checks your lady out, you get mad. All right. Yeah. Just saying. And the second thing was the benefit is, look, he said the, the second part of that is he didn't have to pay any taxes. Get it ready, right? Warm it up. So, anyways, whatever. Let's stay stay on track. Here we go. All right. So, second characteristic of a person of action is they are number two. They are not paralyzed by fear. I'm trying to remind you who you are this morning. That you are not paralyzed by fear. Amen. Paralyzed means this. It means to bring into a condition of helpless inactivity. To bring into a condition of helpless inactivity to make ineffective or powerless. That's exactly where the devil wants us. Yes? Yes, that's exactly where he wants us. Okay, now watch this. Let's kind of turn the corner here. What kind of fear was Saul and the army paralyzed by? What, what kind of fear uh, literally brought them ineffective and powerless? I believe they were paralyzed by a fear that all of us, if you're, if you're breathing in this room, you have had to face this at some point or another. And it's this. It's the fear of failure. It's the fear of failure. The fear of failure. I, I remember when I got, I don't know, I was probably uh, 28, 29, maybe 29, 30 years old, something like that. I, I remember we, we were at youth camp, and I was just spending time with the Lord. It had nothing to do with the services. And the Lord began to show me how much... Uh, basically began to show me what I really feared, that I feared failure, <laughs> that I was so scared of, of stepping out and that I would fail. Anybody ever been there? Yes, no. So let, let me maybe even say this kind of while we're there. I, I remember, I don't know, probably about 24 years old, I had a uh, very large church in the southeast that, if, you know, whatever, that a lot of people in the southeast know. It's a really well-known church. Uh, they asked me to come preach their youth camp. You know what I said? No, thank you. No, thanks. And you know why I said no, thanks? Because I was afraid I was going to fail. I literally said it because of the fear in my heart. And, uh, and I said no. And then, you know, I remember Rav Jen got married. There was, a, uh, there was an all-black church. Come on, somebody. That, that the pastor kept asking me to come preach. He asked me like three or four times, and I kept saying, nope, nope, nope. And the reason is, and I would make up some lame excuse. And, and the, the, you know, well, I'm just here submitted, submitted with the church here. You know, whatever. They would have let me well preach. But I was scared. I didn't want to fail. You, you know, there's those times where people go, hey, hey can, can you close in prayer today? No, no, i, I got to go to the bathroom. Right. But listen, something something snapped in me a few years ago. I said, you know what? I'm done saying no. If somebody's going to ask me, I'm saying yes. Unless the Lord really tells me to say no, I'm going to say yes. And uh, and basically we'll let the chips fall. Some things worked out. Some things didn't. Right. All right. So so some of you guys may not like what I'm about to tell you, but I'm going to tell you anyways. All right. Failing. It's part of life. It's part of it, y'all. There's there's this idea that, um, well, let me just say it this way. The first time you ever tried to walk, did you get it? First time you ever tried to ride a bike, did you get it? No. First time, there's a bunch of carpenters in the room. Have you ever sawed a board wrong? Why is that thing not fitting? Because you did it wrong. You failed. You failed. You failed. Face it, you failed, right? All right. Listen, all of us in life have failed, right? Everybody's going to fail from time to time. 
But, but watch this. But just because we fail, it doesn't mean we're a failure. Okay, we got to get that in our head. Just because we fail, it doesn't mean we're a failure, nor does it mean that we need to fear failure or fear fair, uh, fear failing. Let me say it right. Nor does it mean that we need to fear failing. Okay. The reason this is so important is because, because watch this. Let me just use a real simple example. I probably would say 100 percent of this room, the first time you ever open your mouth to tell someone about Jesus, you, you stumbled all over yourself. You, you forgot every verse that you thought you knew, right? And you, and you didn't you didn't know which way you were going, and you walked away like crap. I look like an idiot there. Anybody ever been there? Yeah. I mean, so listen, but 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 listen. Does that mean that we stop witnessing? No, no, it does not. It does not mean that. So watch this. Let me show you a a verse. Um, Pat, let me go ahead and preface it with this. The Bible says in uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21, it says that he who knew no sin became sin, that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. All right? So with that in mind, Proverbs 24, 16 says this. So if you're born again, you're righteous. It says, for a righteous man may fall. We always look at that as sin, but the Hebrew word there actually means to fall short, but it also means to fail. So for a righteous man may fail seven times and rise again. You get that. I actually don't like the word may there. I I wish it would just read for look, you're righteous and you're going to fail. (laughs) Right. But here's the thing. Here's the simple point I want to make to you. Failing doesn't define us. You get that. Failing doesn't define us. It's what we do after we fall flat on our face that ultimately determines who we are. Please get that. It's what happens after you fall flat on your face that determines who you are. So, listen, can we get back up? Can we keep moving forward? Can we try again? You, you know, listen, let me, let me maybe throw this out there at you. I don't know if it makes sense to somebody. It, it does. All right. Um, I remember reading a story about a, about a lady that's a, a minister in Africa. And she was in Canada, and, and she got a uh, word from the Lord that God was going to use her to basically lay hands on people who were blind and God was going to heal them. Okay. The, um, she took hold of that word, began to pray, began to fast, began to believe God. God, you said it. I believe it. Every blind person, when she went back home to Africa, she would get so excited and she would literally turn around. There was even one time she, she got so excited. She ran up behind a woman like this. Attacked her from behind. Right. And started praying for her, right? So that's I freaked you guys out. Anyway, so, um, but literally started praying for people. Every blind person she met, she started praying. Sorry about that. If I hurt that poke in the eye. All right. So, you got pretty eyes. I don't need to poke them in the eyes. All right. So, so anyways, um, it was so crazy because the first person she prayed for, the Africans have a name they called her. That woman had the same name. Nothing happened. <laughs> Next person, same name. Nothing happened. Third person, same name, it happened. But what if she would have said on the first one, God, you said and you didn't do it. I'm never going to try again. What would happen there? Are y'all feeling me today? And, and, now, and now this woman's ministry is marked by supernatural healings just like that. Amen. And there's not just one or two, but there's a whole line of deaf and blind and lame people that have been healed. Amen. All right. Watch this. Let me get moving. Here's why it's important. Because if you and I are going to become 
who God has called us to be, we're going to have to have the courage to fail. We're going to have to have the courage to fail, y'all. We're going to have to have the courage to push through some fears. Amen? We're going to have to look at bears. We're going to have to look at lions. We're going to have to look at Goliath in the eye, face to face. We're going to have to muster up the courage to go down that creek and find five smooth stones. We're going to have to find enough courage to grip our sling a little bit tighter. Right? Listen, and we're going to have to remember in those moments when those opportunities present themselves that the Spirit of the Lord is with me just as much as He was with David. Are y'all hearing me today? For our next characteristic, look at 1 Samuel 17, 28 through 29. 1 Samuel 17, 28 through 29 says this. Now, Elab, remember that's David's older brother, says he heard when he spoke to the men. In other words, he heard David talking to the fellas. It says that Elab's anger was aroused against David. And he said, why did you come down from here? Why did you come down here? Why did you come down here? Why did you? Listen, guys, let me just throw this out there to you, okay? You're always going to have people in your life that's going to ask why you're doing something. And, you know, listen, it's like I've been asked many times since I've been here in the last year, why you as a southern boy, why did you come up here? And David's response is my response, and it should be your response, is simply this, because my father told me to. That's simple. Why are you here? Why are you putting your nose in this business? Because God told me to. Amen. And then it says, and with whom have you left those few sheep in the wilderness? He said, I know your pride and your insolent. That means simply, I know the deceit of your heart. It says, for you have come down to see the battle. That part, it just makes me angry. <laughs> for you come down to see the battle. You see, what Elab didn't understand is people of action like David, they don't spectate. They participate. Right. As people of action, we do not spectate. We participate. Amen. So David wasn't like him at all. And then he says this in verse 29 says, and David said, um, and David said, what have I done now? Which means that obviously there was a history of his brother being on his back. Anybody got an older brother in here? Anybody? I got three. Okay. I feel you, David. What have I done now? Right. Anyways, I got a brother three years older than me. God bless his soul. Anyways, he put me through hell as a kid. All right. So um, he used to say, look, he said, I'm not picking on you. I'm just making you stronger. Yeah. Unfortunately, he's still bigger than me. Okay. Anyway, so verse 29, David said, what have I done now? And here's the thing that I want you to see. It's my favorite part about this entire passage of scripture. These five words is there not a cause. Is there not a cause? You see, the third characteristic of a person of action, of what marks us as people of action is this, is number three, is we have a cause. Amen? We have a cause. Cause means this. It's the thing that gives rise to action. It's reasonable grounds for doing something. And I love this last one. It's a deep commitment one is prepared to defend. A deep commitment one is prepared to defend. So what was David's cause? Hang tight with me here. His cause was this, is that this man named Goliath was holding God's people hostage by intimidation. That this man named Goliath was cursing his God. That this man, Goliath, stood for everything opposed to the heart that he was after. 
See, when David saw what he saw and heard what he heard, something snapped on the inside of him because he knew that what he was seeing wasn't the image that God had set in place for his people, that it was not God's will for his people to be hiding in fear. Amen. Listen, there were people that were marked by the favor and the touch of God. And then what happened was, is David refused to sit by like everyone else and do nothing. See, understand that this moment here with Goliath, it gave him a reason to act. Why? Because someone needed to. It's that simple because someone needed to. You see, First Samuel 17:32. Y'all hang tight with me. It says this: it "says Then David said to Saul, Let no man's heart fail because of him. It says your servant will go and fight with the Philistine. Do you understand those words right there? Your servant will go. Your servant will go. That is something that every one of us in this room should be willing to tell our king. Your servant will go. See, there's this moment that, you know, if I can take a side note here real quick, in, in Isaiah chapter 6, where it says that Isaiah, he said, I saw the, the Lord high and lifted up, and the train of his glory filled the temple, right? And he says that they were uh, seraphim there, and then cherubims, and it said that they had six wings, two they covered their feet, two they covered their face, and two they flew. And in the middle of that, of them singing, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. And, and listen, if you think we're supposed to be quiet in church, read that passage of scripture, because it says that the threshold was shaking because they were so loud. Church don't supposed to be quiet, y'all. So, so listen, so they were, they were saying this, and in the middle of all of that glorious moment, what did Isaiah hear? Whom will go for us? Whom shall we send? That question was not at Isaiah. The Lord was just asking the question, and Isaiah just happened to be in the right spot at the right time to see it and hear it, and he said, here are my Lord, send me. Amen. Every one of us need that really love Jesus in our hearts. We need that, here I am, Lord, send me moment with him. Amen. Amen. All right, here we go. See, you, you see, when it, when it comes to this with a person of action, when a person of action sees a need, they refuse to do nothing. Don't let that get by you. When a person of action sees a need, they refuse to do nothing. Write this down if you're taking notes. A person of action has the inability inside of them to do nothing. A person of action has the inability inside of them to do nothing. If, if we stop for a second and we, and we take a broader look at the Bible, if you notice, the Bible is full of people who were people of action. That's who God talked about. Right? And somewhere along the lines, they just saw that there was a need, and they couldn't just sit back and go, oh, well, hopefully somebody else will do it. Are you all with me? Yes? Because they didn't have the, uh, the ability inside of them to do nothing. All right, so watch this. So our fourth characteristic of a person's action is this. Hear all this, the next two, with a lot of grace. Watch this. Number four is they refuse to wait. They refuse to wait. And if you want to add something, they refuse to wait for someone else to do something. See, when David came to the camp of Israel, he heard and he saw the exact same things that the whole army of Israel had been hearing and seeing for 40 days. In fact, they heard it and saw it 80 times. Now, he could have easily just joined in with everyone else, shaking in their boots, right? Hiding in fear, start praying, God, will you please send somebody to fight him? Because that's what they were doing. If you're with me, say, oh, yeah. yeah. But, But that's not the way of person of action thinks 
Because you see, a person of action understands that they could be the answer to someone's prayer. Do you get that? Instead of getting here and getting with all these people that are scared and just praying and going, Oh, God, what will be will be. That's the dumbest doctrine ever. <laughs> it is. Okay, and I'm not trying to make anybody feel... You, you know, listen, we, we got the Bible, right? All right, all right, I'll move on. Here we go. So instead of sitting up here, sitting up here you know, scared and going, Okay, well, God, if you want Goliath to, to beat us and all this be servants, God, I guess that's what will happen. See, a person of action doesn't think like that. They think, you know what, people over there praying for an answer. They're praying for a solution. Maybe I am the answer. And it comes to little things like this. Watch this. Then maybe you're sitting around in your house one day and you have this thought. Now, what if I went down to Hannaford's and I bought so-and-so's family some food? The devil probably didn't plant that thought in your head. Okay, so, so, so there's that side of going, you know what? Man, instead of doing nothing and going, you know, some of us will hear that. Let me just say what it really happens. God, I just pray for that family. Lord, I hear you. I heard exactly what you said. Lord, I pray you'd send somebody down to Hannaford's or Shaw's. God, that you'll send them. I don't even know the other grocery stores around here, Lord. But if you send them down there, uh, Lord, help them buy and take it over there to that family. Because, God, they need it. Are y'all hearing me today? It's that that if if I'm hearing it, then maybe God's let me hear it for a reason. If I'm seeing it, maybe he's let me see it for a reason. And it's not to say, hey, I got a really good pastor. You call him. He'll help you. Hey, if you call the church, they'll buy you some food. Hey, if you call the church, they'll pay your light bill. The Bible says if it's in your own power to do it, do it. Faith without works is? Amen. All right? That's good preaching. That's good preaching. Get it. All right, here we go. Sorry, y'all. Have fun. All right, here we go. <laughs> so basically, this a person of action they pay attention to rather than ignore opportunities. They're, in fact, let me maybe say it this way. Let me go this strong. A person of action is looking for opportunities. You, you know, there's this spot that, you know, it's a... Here's how, actually, I'm going to tell you probably my greatest joy right now i got going on in life, Okay. Is, is I'm having the opportunity to coach my kids in soccer, all right? So three days a week, we're coaching soccer. Never coached soccer a day in my life. We are 6-1, and one, all right? Just saying, all right? So we're not supposed to be playing for uh, points, but hey. Hey, whatever. Anyway, so it happens. Fellas, you hear me. All right, so anyways, so here's the thing, though. Here's what I like about it. It's not so much that I'm getting to... Getting to you know, whatever, go to all these practices and doing all these scenes because it's definitely a sacrifice. But what I like about it is this, it's getting me out in this community to meet people I'd never meet otherwise. And having all these opportunities to meet these parents and meet these kids, and it's these moments I'm going, God, will you give me an opportunity to walk through a door if it opens? Are you hearing me? Yeah? That's the side where I'm walking into that realm. I'm going, Lord, I'm looking for opportunities. You know, you know Jen's over there on the sideline, and she's working it. She is. She's, she, anybody listen, she's telling them what's up. Here's Jesus. Yeah? Amen? All right. Because here's what, here's what works for us, to be honest with you. Okay, I'm sorry. And i got to move. But here's what works so great for us is I don't sound like I'm from here. And everybody goes, why are you here? <laughs> Glad you asked. <laughs> helps, helps us out, right? All right. So I want you to notice something, okay? When we, when we look at this scripture here, um, God provided an opportunity, but it was up to David to act. 
God provided an opportunity, but it was up to David to act. So write this down if you're taking notes. Greatness happens when preparation finds an opportunity. Greatness happens when preparation, that 15 years, that stuff that I've been doing in the closet with God, when that preparation finds an opportunity. Because I, I could go, you know, we could go out there to that soccer practice three times a week, but if I never got in the Word, if I never prayed, I'm telling you, that, that, that moment would come and smack me right in the face and I wouldn't even know it. But there's that part where you're sensitive to Him and you know when He walks in the room and you know His presence, you go, there's the moment. Let's go. Amen. All right, here we go. So our fifth and final one. Y'all good? I'm going to wrap this up. Here we go. I've been preaching way too long. Here we go. Our fifth characteristic of a person of action is this. Number five is they, hear this with grace, they don't wait for God to speak. You sack religious. They don't wait for God to speak. Here's why. Before you get all upset. Because on most things, he's already spoken. Okay? Many people say, well, I'm waiting on God. In many cases, I believe God's waiting on us. Because he's already told us what to do. Amen. So you and I need to quit thinking about it. We just need to go pull a little Nike and just do it. All right. Here's a simple example. I want you to notice. Okay. You, you can go read it for yourself. Read, read all of read all of First uh, Samuel chapter 17. Nowhere in there will you find that God spoke to David to fight Goliath. Doesn't happen. Once again, what happened? Why did he fight him? Because it was the right thing to do. See, rather than doing nothing, he did something. He did what he knew how to do. Bear and lion. That's where his preparation found an opportunity. And God responded to his faith in action. You'll hear that. That God responded to his faith in action. Because he had prepared for the moment and allowed him to seize the moment. So there's that side of this, guys. Let me get real simple here to you, okay? What is our cause today in this room? If you're a born-again believer, if you walk with God, our cause is to bring heaven to earth. That's simple. The Bible says that, right? And so here's the thing. When I am in a moment and I don't know what to do, here's the question I need to ask myself. If Jesus was here, what would he do? And that's when you got to realize, when you get that answer of what he would do, you need to realize that he is here because he lives in you. Yes? And then, then you, you know, I know it's that old book and it became, a, you know, a bunch of bracelets, right? But it's in that moment, what would Jesus do? What would he do? Because the truth is, listen, the Bible says this, and, and we've talked about it before, but that Jesus said, look, it's expedient that I must go. In other words, I've got to get out of here because there's somebody else that needs to come. It's another one that's not me, but he's like me. Who is he talking about? He's talking about the Holy Ghost. He's talking about the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is here with us. And once again, he is saying, what is he going to do? He would do exactly what he would do, Jesus would do, if he was here with us. That's why I don't need to sit back and wonder, should I pray for them? Maybe you should, Right? It's, it's a whole list of things, okay? I mean, I don't need to fill in the blank. It's a thousand things daily that we walk right by and whiff on it, right? You, you, you look like our, our defender two weeks ago. And then he goes chases the ball, right? He totally misses it, and it just rolls behind him, and he's got to go gather it up. I want to be that guy that there's the moment. Yeah? Amen. All right. Stand to your feet, please.
So today, once again, just as a reminder, nothing about today was to make you look bad, feel bad, none of that. Here's the goal of today. Once again, is to simply to remind you of who you are. That God has called you. Watch this. Because God is a God of action. Amen. Amen. He lives inside of you. Therefore, we are a people of action. So when it comes to us being a people of action, that means, guess what? That we are not, we, that we are really, we are becoming who God wants us to be. If we stop for a minute and, you know, literally think about this. Thank God that we're not who we used to be. Yeah. Amen. But guess what? We're not what we're going to be. So every one of us in this room, we are becoming into what God wants us to be. It's a daily walk with him. Amen. And, and the second thing we talked about is what is that? Is that because we're people of action, guess what? We're not people that get paralyzed by fear. The Bible says the spirit of the Lord is in us, right? And it says, for God's not given us the spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind, right? And, and the next thing, and you're going to have to help me out back there because I'm... Third thing, we got to remember we got a cause, right? That we have a cause. That there's a reason that we get up every morning and live and breathe. In fact, let me just say this. If God's purpose was done in your life, you wouldn't be here anymore. Okay? The fact that you're living and breathing means God has a reason for you to be here. You have significance. You have value. You have worth. And you're a gift to people. Awesome. Good job. What's the fourth one? That there's side of us that because we're people of action, we, we, we're done waiting on other people to step up and do it. We're going to do it. We're going to see the need, meet the need. If that's in the church or if that's in the community, we're going to meet the need. The fifth one is because we're a person of action. We don't have to necessarily wait on God to speak. And that doesn't mean that you're never going to have parts where you're not going to have to wait on God. We all have those. Okay? We, we all have those. But I'm just talking about the things that I already know I can go to the Bible and see. And I can find it and I know it's there. And that point, it's just up to me to obey. Amen? Amen. So let's just close our eyes real quick. If you just say this, man, I just, I, I'm, I'm, I'm with you, Pastor. I want to be that person of action. Lift your hands real high. I'm going to pray for you. And, uh, man, we're going to go do something for the kingdom. Amen. Father, I thank you for every person uh, that's just here today that says, God, I want to be a person of action. And so, Lord, I know, you know, we talked about those five things, but, Lord, there's so many different layers of that, of what it means to be a person of action, of walking with you and literally having the the life of God and the power of God flow through us. And so, Lord, today, as our hands are up, Lord, we're just asking, God, that you would just... Uh, just continue to build that confidence and that faith inside of us that, once again, that the Spirit of the Lord is with us, that when we go, you go. And, God, when we open our mouth, you open your mouth. When we reach out, you reach out. God, when we do it, you do it, because you said we're co-laborers with you. And so, Father, today, just thank you for just building, once again, strengthening that confidence and that faith in us. God, to be people of action. And, Father, we thank you, uh, God, that all that all doubt and all unbelief, God, that you called us to do something great would disappear from our hearts and disappear from our minds. God, any thoughts and any lies of the enemy, God, that would speak contrary to what you've already made us. Lord, we pray those things would be canceled out and, God, your truth would be established in our hearts even more, God, so we could do your will because that's really our heart. God, we want to be a people that love you. God, we want to do your will in Jesus' name. Keep your eyes closed, please. You can put your hands down. If you're here today and you go, you know what, I don't know Jesus Christ. I've never met him. You know, I came to church this morning. Don't even really know why I'm here. In fact, you know, maybe somebody invited you. Maybe you drove by and just saw something. Maybe you just know you need something in life. I will tell you this, that Jesus is the answer of all answers. Okay? Listen, you're in a room full of people that have been touched by him, and we can tell you that he's not a myth, he's not a philosophy, he's not a religion. He is real and he's alive because he's changed our lives. Amen? So listen, today, with all eyes closed, head bowed, If you know that you know that you know that you don't know him and you want to know him, you want your sins forgiven, 
You want a new start in life. You want fulfillment. You want joy. You want something of eternal value in your life and not just an empty thing that you've been living. Man, just throw up both hands and say, man, I want to get right with him today. Look, you're in a really safe place. Nobody's going to judge you. Most of us in this room have had that point at one, one, one time or another. Not on anybody. Just an opportunity. Thank you. Anybody else? Lift your hands high so I can see you. I'm a short fellow. All right. Thanks in the back. Let me, let me say something. Everybody look at me really quick, okay? I'm going to have a pastoring moment. <laughs> oh, sure. All right. Let me give you guys, let me, let me stop, okay? Because, you know, we're going to pray in a second because there's somebody we need to pray with. But there's other people that every week when I go to ask this, that you raise your hand and you raise your hand every week. Okay? All right, watch this. You've got to understand that your salvation is more secure than your mistakes. Okay? We all blow it. We all miss it. But thank God the Bible says in, in uh, 1 John chapter 1, verse 9, 10, it says that if we sin... Guess what? If we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all righteousness. Just because I mess up, it doesn't mean I, I, I lose my salvation. Okay? It just means I just need to kind of go before the Father with a pure heart. God, I need you to help me in this area. I'm struggling. Please forgive me. And guess what? He's faithful and he does. So, so there, is, there is no such thing as get born again, get born again, get born again, get born again, 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 and again, and again, and again. I'm not trying to make light of that, but there's that part of, hey, if you blew it this week, it doesn't mean you're out of fellowship with God. Okay, so grab hold of that. You don't have to keep lifting your hands. Now, now, if the Lord's really tugging at you, by all means, lift your hands, okay? But, but I'm just trying to help you so you don't feel like you have to live under this weight of guilt and shame all the time. But you understand that you're a son or a daughter, right? And, and, and there's things that, you know, my, I think, what, oh, what, Friday, I think Jude got like five spankings. He's three, right? He's, he's three, and he, and he needed about 10, okay? Nobody called the Department of Social Services on us, okay? We didn't beat him. We just spanked him, all right? So here's the thing, though, is do you think the next day I said, you're not my son? We still gave him his little cereal in the morning. <laughs> right? I mean, we, listen, he's still, my, he's still my kid. I still love him, right? Okay, so... So that's the part where, 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 you, where, you get, where you let your heart get settled in the peace of God because you're a son of God or you're a daughter of God. And it's from that sonship, that's where we live. Amen? Amen. Amen. All right. Okay. Now let's pray for the person that we need to pray for. Everybody close your eyes again. Hallelujah. Close them. All right. I think I'm having too much fun this morning. All right. I told you I've been with little kids three times a week. All right. I'm, I'm just pumped for some little uh, adult interaction. All right. Here we go. So the Bible says this, that if we're not right with God, how do we get right with God? It becomes really clear. We've got to believe the gospel. And there's this part that we not only believe, uh, what are we believing? We're believing that Jesus is God, that he came to this earth, he lived a sinless life, and that he hung on that cross and died for you and died for me as a sacrifice. In other words, that was the way our sin was dealt with. That was the punishment of God being put on him. And uh, because he took it, we don't have to. Amen. And so there's that side that I go, you know what, I believe that Jesus did that for me, but also believe three days later he resurrected from the dead. Because the Bible makes it really clear if we don't believe that, then there's no resurrection for us either. Okay, that there's no eternal life for us. So we believe in what Jesus did for us, and we also believe that he rose again. And, and so also with that is this, is that I've I got to repent. There's got to be a part of my own heart that I have repentance saying, God, I really blew it. Forgive me. 
forgive me, please wash me, cleanse me. And so, and then obviously it comes to the last part. We just got to live it out. Amen. So the, it's more than just saying a prayer. God will do his thing, but then you got to walk it out. You got to move. Amen. So let's pray today. And if you, you lift your hand today, and you said, I need to get right with God, or maybe you need to, and you didn't lift your hand, uh, man, just pray this prayer with us today. Say, Father God, I come to you this morning. I'm so thankful that you love me. I'm so thankful that you gave your son on the cross for me. So I ask today that you would forgive me of my sins. I repent of them today. I ask you to wash me and cleanse me in Jesus' name. I believe today that Jesus did die on the cross, that he did raise from the dead. And I do believe that he sits by you even now. So I'm asking today that you would not only save me, but you would be the Lord of my life. In Jesus' name, I ask you, give me a new start. Give me a new beginning. Will you give me strength to live this life in faith for your glory? In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right. Hallelujah. Can we put our hands together? It's good stuff. So I, I told you guys that uh, we were going to slide announcements and all that to the end. You stay standing. I'm not going to go long in this, okay? You can stay standing in the back. <laughs> Get up. No, all right, here we go. So listen, just say just a few announcements. Remember on Wednesday nights, we do have our youth ministry going. We do have uh, classes that you guys, and we invite you to attend. Uh, awesome stuff. Yep. It's a great point. That's a great point. So the, the point of basically of our Wednesday nights is, is basically to equip you so you can be what we talked about today. Because the bottom line doesn't listen. Um, most of us have jobs in here, and most of us had to go through training to be able to do that job. And that's really what we're doing on Wednesday nights. We're training people how to live this out and how to operate in it. Amen? All right. So also just a, a, a few notes here and, um, that I need to share with you. If you got one of these this morning out of the, out of the lobby, okay, or if you got the miniature version of this, okay, the, these things uh, actually cost money, okay? So uh, if you don't mind, please put money in there. I know Jesus came to give you living water, and that was free, but this one isn't, okay? So, so please make sure you, you uh, pay for it if you grab one, please. Yeah, that's why I married you. All right, so here we go. All right, um, am I forgetting anything? Oh, yeah, I'm forgetting some offering. Yeah, one dollar for the big one, 50 cents for the last one. Listen, yep, it goes to missions. All right, here we go. Stop. All right, here we go. If, um, listen, if you, if you came today uh, prepared to give, prepared to sow into the kingdom, we were singing earlier, bottom line of, of look, we were worshiping, right? I just want you to understand today that as you give when you leave, there's a box in the back, that that is a form of Worship, Amen. That the Bible says in uh, Romans 12:1, it says, uh, basically, it says, uh, "Brethren, I beseech you, 
Good word, huh? Beseech you in view of God's mercy to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. For this is holy, pleasing to God. It's your spiritual act of worship. Now, what is that saying? It's not saying that our song is worship, even though it is. It's saying our very life is worship. And understand that everything that we have, including our money, is a form of worship unto God. So if you came today, uh, you know, to, to give and to sow into the kingdom, we sure do appreciate that. We just ask that you would uh, drop it in the box in the back or there will be a basket up here at front. Uh, if you do that, we sure would appreciate it. Amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you for every person today that desires to sow into your kingdom. Father, we thank you, God, that according to not just one verse, but many verses in the Bible, God, you've made it really clear that this is worship and that Jesus receives it. And Father, we thank you for the opportunity to sow and to give to your kingdom so the work can be done. And Lord, I pray that you would bless your people and you would just pour in their lives and do only what you can do in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Jen reminded me two things were done. If you're visiting with us today, there's a green card that's in the seat pocket. If you don't mind, fill that out. Drop that in the box. If you have prayer requests, it's the blue card. Uh, Please fill that out, and our prayer team will hop on it. God bless you guys. Thank you for giving today. Thanks for coming.